Hi, Eddie. How are you doing? Good, good thank you. And you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Um, it's been good to get to know you over the past few minutes before the uh, interview started, because I think you've got a fascinating story and also a pretty fascinating approach to, um, you know, using your experience that you've got from previous lives and how you've now found a problem that I've probably never heard of that problem being solved before. Um, but it's a really interesting problem because everyone who's involved, every stakeholder in this um, process, I'm sure we'll get into it in a minute, um, get some value from what it is that you do. So um, just before we get into all of that good stuff, though, Eddie, if you can just give me um, a bit of a background in terms of how you came to be um, with UConvey. Well, thank you. Great to have the opportunity to talk to you, Luke. Um, and I'm always happy to talk about my, my chosen subject, which is residential conveyancing. So I am I am by profession a solicitor uh, for many many years. I set up a, a, a firm of solicitors um, called Goldsmith Williams back in the eighties uh, and nineties uh, in Liverpool. We set we started with uh, with with two people and we ended up with about three hundred and eighty. Uh, we dealt with uh, conveyancing nationwide and we became one of the largest conveyances in the country. So. Uh, all my career, I've dealt with residential conveyancing. I left that practice uh, just over five years ago. Uh, but obviously, with my experience, um, I have felt the pain of home movers uh, over the last 40 years. And I felt as if I could still contribute something to the industry with my own, with my knowledge. And that's the reason why I set up You Convey. I feel that home buyers are involved in a very stressful experience. It's a, it's, it's a process which, quite honestly, um, is not fit for 21st century purpose. Uh, and, and countries such as Australia have, have a much better, clearer process than we have. But we are stuck with what we have. And therefore, I thought to myself, how can I improve their journey? Uh, and, and it's quite simple, really. I, I, I try and keep them engaged home movers engaged through that long period, as opposed to them sitting on the sidelines, never being able to get through to their solicitors, not knowing what's going on, and feeling stressed, stress upon stress. And I feel as if I can actually help reduce that stress, not eliminate it entirely, but help reduce it by an arm round them and keeping them engaged. So we were talking before, there's probably... There's probably three, maybe four major stakeholders in this process that you support in terms of the estate agent, the mortgage um, broker or advisor, the actual customer who's buying the house and also the solicitor. So I think it'd be good for just to get an idea of like how your business fits and then also what the benefits are to each one of those customers. So I think it's quite a unique proposition that you're sat in the middle of that and everyone wins if they use somebody like yourself. You're quite right, Luke. There are there are there's the broker, the introducer, the estate agent, the broker. There's the there's the customer, and then there's a solicitor acting for them. There's also the solicitor acting for the other party, but I'm I'm not I'm I don't deal with them. And you're absolutely right. Everybody gets some value from this. Um, the estate agents or the mortgage brokers who have the who recommend the customer in the first place get a benefit of being able to get more up-to-date updates through us. Um, quite often, they can't get access to the solicitors. Uh, they're waiting for calls back. 
I will actually respond and I will give them updates from our system. So that's a benefit to them. And I think but, it also speeds up the process for those estate as well, because a lot, a lot of the time, if, it, if it's going to take six months or nine months to complete or whatever it's going to be, that's a, they don't get paid till, you know, a lot of time in that process. So that's going to improve their ability to generate cash from a sale as well, which is a massive factor for... Huge important, right? huge important to estate agents, the stock turnover. We, we can, re, we, can re, we, we routinely reduce the time scales by about six weeks. So yeah. it goes down from, it's still very long, it goes down from 18 to 20 weeks to about 12 weeks with us. And that's because we're proactive and we're on top of it the whole time. So they, they, they love it because they get satisfied customers Customers who say, thank you very much for referring me to you, Convey, they did a wonderful job, and they get quicker turnover. Uh, the solicitors who I deal with, and I only deal with a, a, a very small number of hand-picked solicitors who I know are very responsive and very proactive, they 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 um, they feed back to me that, that, that my customers, you Convey customers, are the ones that get in touch with them the least. And that's because we make it our job to update our customers on a weekly basis. Even though Luke, sometimes it doesn't feel as if much is going on, just a quick email, just a one-liner, just to let you know, uh, Luke, that your solicitors are still chasing this or still chasing that. And you go, great, that, that I know what's going on at least. And they can um, focus on what, what they should be doing, which is the conveyance. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then the customer themselves, you know, we talked about them being uh, uh, sidelined on the fringe, not knowing what's going on. You know, we actually tell them what's going on and keep them engaged. So always round the whole process, everybody needs a little bit of communication and client care. That's that's where we do. That's what we do. It's fascinating, you know, six weeks, you could reduce the, um, the time it takes to move stock by six weeks. Let's say a business was turning over 100K a month, you know, that's going to be a hundred K cash into that person's bank account, into the estate agent's bank account or 150 K. If it is, if it is six weeks, which is like a, a massive um, impact on those businesses as well as everyone else winning. I think that's, yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, it's all, Strangely you know, enough, that's what the estate agent are, are interested in, Luke. Yeah. Well, everyone yeah. is, yeah. You know, and the solicitors and all that type of stuff. So, um fascinating business so take you through what was the what was the thinking behind you because i've never really heard of this type of service before but i can absolutely see why it's you know hugely important so how did you decide this is what i want to do and how did you go about for like on because i think there's a story here in terms of you being an entrepreneur and seeing a problem and thinking i can fix that so tell me about how how you went about that so I I came up with the concept, how am I going to help these customers? I wasn't ready to leave the industry, although I'd retired from my from my um, job, from my company. Uh, and I, I first of all pitched an idea to uh, We Are Nova, the, uh, um, the investment specialist co-foundery company based in Liverpool as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I pitched an idea to them, interestingly, talking about people being able to do their own conveyancing. Um, I thought to myself, it's it's a potential that people could do their own conveyancing. 
particularly on a sale where effectively what you're doing on a sale is just proving title to your property. You're not investigating it because you've already got that title. Um, and I pitched that idea to them and they were very enthusiastic. Uh, and that was the idea that actually sold them the concept and they were happy to co-found uh, You Convey with me. What I found very, very quickly, Luke, was that wasn't going to work at all. Uh, and the reason it wasn't going to work was because other solicitors dealing with my customers would not be happy dealing with a customer in person. They wanted another firm of solicitors because they felt that there were undertakings and regulatory issues that could be could be offered by that other firm of solicitors, not by a customer in person. So, you know, people talk about um, people talk about uh, having to. Um, um to change tack when you when you're a startup uh, um i changed tack i changed tack a number of times to get to where i am at the moment yeah so i i'm very grateful to know we are Nova because they 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 saw something in this and i think it was a lot of understanding that i had a deep knowledge of the industry so I, i'm i'm probably an unusual entrepreneur because i've come at, come at this from the end of my career as opposed to the beginning of my career but I did actually bring that deep knowledge with me. And I, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, Luke. I have to say, the startup world to me was completely alien. You know, I read lots of books on lean startups and the, the terminology sometimes a bit confusing. But actually, what I found at the end of the day was a, a very clever, very clever way of, of being able to, to, to engineer a startup from start to to, to market launch you know it, it's it's very clever and i and i'm very pleased that i was involved in that yeah it's fascinating there's a saying in business which is don't change the goal change the plan so yeah. i feel like you knew what the problem was so your goal was to fix the problem your first attempt in how to fix that in terms of the um, the customers being their own conveyancer, obviously insurance prob problems and regulation problems, but you still wanted to fix that goal, all that fix that problem. So you had to come up to another route. So I think that's quite, um, yeah, that's quite common, isn't it? Hmm. It's quite common. Yeah, I think that's quite common. Yeah, so that so that's that's the way that's the way I started um, and still going. I mean, it, you know, it, it, we are we're into our second year. Look, we we launched beginning of last year, and and it, it's small numbers, but we we just had our best month ever. Um, uh, so I'm very pleased with that, and I've got my first employee who who's looking after our 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 uh, introducers, our estate agents and mortgage brokers. She's based down in Peterborough, so it's great to actually have somebody, as opposed to me just working away in my in my man cave here. Uh, it's just very nice to have somebody else working with me to start actually building this company for the mm -hmm. future. So looking back then over the past two years, um, and maybe even over the past, you know, throughout your career back into the 80s, what um, what did what have you learned and what would you potentially have done different um, in terms of when starting a business, starting your, your, your either businesses? I think what I've learned is if you do a good job for people and you and you're absolute and you and you and you're fair 
you know, you don't try and rip people off. You do a good job for a re realistic, reasonable price. People will come back to you and people will recommend you. And that and that's that's pretty much the mantra that I had throughout the whole of my practice career. Do a good job for people. And if you get something wrong, tell them that you got it wrong and put it right, you know, um, rather than try and be defensive. And and it's in it's like that in any, you know, you and I will have experience of all sorts of different trades, professions. It's not that common when you to come across somebody that, you know, if they say they're gonna do something, they do it. If they say they, if they say they're gonna turn up on a date, they take if they say they're gonna phone you back, they do it. It's simple stuff, Luke, yeah. isn't it? But it's not that common. I agree. I, I did a um video a few weeks back or recorded a video about how I became successful in my corporate career. And it was pretty simple. You just told people what you're gonna do and then did it, and then you're a bit of a unicorn. And people are like, oh well, we'll keep asking Luke to do stuff or you know, we'll ask Luke to do that. Um, and then you get promoted again and, you know, you say you're going to do something and then you do it. And, you know, people, it's fascinating, but there's not many people out there that that do that, really. I described it as being, I was a bit of a unicorn in in, in that sense. Um, so it definitely helped. Yeah. So in terms of, I think there's probably a lot of people out there who would, estate agents, um, mortgage brokers, they are quite a... Um, a high in-demand person that can refer work out to other people, right? Because there are a lot of time at the start of the process in buying a house for maintenance, for, for you know, removals or whatever. So what have you learned about attracting those types of clients and getting your foot in the door and marketing um, to those, you know? Hardest job is to get the first case from them okay. because it, it's a leap of faith. You know that they that you know if 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 they gave a case to me if they referred a customer to me and I and I did a bad job it reflects badly on them so it is a leap of faith and um you know some people are just prepared to give somebody like me a chance I I I do think it's helped with my background I mean you know although 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 when I was in Goldsmith Williams we dealt with mortgage brokers rather than estate agents. I did have a, a, a fairly high profile in the industry. So it's odds on that people will have heard of me, or certainly they'll look me up on the internet and they can see I've got a history going back quite some way. So that that helped me. And, and let's face it, I've got connections in the industry, which I've been able to use. So the foot in the door, but you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating and you get it, if you get it wrong, you don't get a second chance. Mm. so you just have to work roll your sleeves up and work hard at it and spend i quite often i quite often work eight nine o'clock at night i'm happy to phone people back early evening time people are surprised at that and they're actually most of the time they're very they're very they're very they're very they're very happy to actually get that call out of office hours mm -hmm. just working hard isn't it luke put it putting your graft in like anything yeah. Did you, over the years, obviously, you probably met a lot of estate agents more in terms of and a, a, probably your network has been a big success factor in um, building this second business. So what advice would you have 
to people in terms of networking or building their network? I don't mean going to like BNI or whatever. I mean, in terms of building a circle of influence, what, what, what advice have you got around that area? Yeah, it's the same thing as we were saying before, you know, you, you've got to get that first sale. Mm-hmm. You've got to get that first and you get that however you want to do it, whether you try and undercut the competition or you go the extra mile, you know, but you, you've got to get that first sale or, or case and then just do a good job and show. If you, I always used to say, the industry knows when you want work and the industry knows when you don't want work. And and if you're hungry for work and you, you're enthusiastic for work, people respond, you know, that terrible expression, people buy from people, but it is true, isn't it? It is true, and I, and I, and I, and I'm not. I've never had any sales training, but I do like listening to people. I I find something interesting in in anybody I speak to, and you know what? Maybe you shouldn't say it, but you know it's it's easy. It's an easy job as salesman because all you have to do is ask ask the customer to tell to tell me about their business. And and everybody loves talking about themselves and their business, don't they? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And getting a massive like, like integrity is big part of your success, um, and and also empathy as well. So understanding and one of the ways that you find out empathy is by asking questions, right? Um, you've got two ears, one mouth, and, and just finding out how things are going, what the problems are, and then when you do get the opportunity, you you know your word is is everything, right? Exactly what I do. You let you let the customer talk, and you think to yourself, "That's where his problem is. That's where her problem is. I can help with that." Mm-hmm. Don't tell them what the problem is. Let them tell you. Yeah, if you say it's not true, if they say it is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, in terms of being a startup, then what um, what advice would you have to people around financial management? Um, well, I was very fortunate because I, I know, I, I, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to commit my own funds. I, I did look around at uh, whether I could secure the funding to start the business, but um, certainly at the time I looked around, there was nothing available from banks without personal guarantees or security, which I wasn't, I did, I wasn't prepared to, to give or needed to give. So I was very fortunate to go to someone like We Are Nova who would do this without any financial input from me. Um, so, you know, you've got to be very careful, haven't you, as a startup? It, I, I think I think the majority of startups fail. Is that still correct? So it's a horrendous figure, isn't it? You don't want to be one of those. And if you can help it, I, w- I would caution very much putting your life savings into something. It's a big risk, isn't it? And and if 80% fail, you know, it's a pretty risky, pretty high risk, isn't it, factor? So try and get somebody else to invest if you can. And it's interesting as well that you had the, let's say the audacity, let's call it, to you didn't quite get it right on your first attempt, but you're like, no, there's still a problem. Let's iterate. And then tweak it. So even somebody with your experience about the industry and how it all works still didn't necessarily get it right first time. Um, I'd like know. to. I'd like, I'd like to think that's version four, Luke. 
I'd like to think that in the future, sometime people could do their own conveyancing. It is entirely possible, but it's a long way off yet. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And then what about from, you just said you hired your first employee. Um, how would you say things have changed um, from when you were employing in the 80s and 90s to now employing in the, you know, 2020s? What would what would say? Yeah, how have things changed? I don't know whether I don't know whether it has changed particularly. Look, I mean, um, uh, the, the 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 recruitment process was we tried we tried we tried on the internet. One of these internet recruitment companies didn't really work for us. We got we got quite a lot of inquiries, but not the right kind of people. Um, you know, yeah, you have to go through that recruitment process. It took us quite a while to find somebody. She was on three months garden leave, so we had to wait for three months for her to join us. But in terms of in terms of the the relationship between an employer and employee, I don't think I I don't think anything has changed. I I always treated my employees with the utmost respect. You know, you're nothing if you you're nothing without your employees. Let's face it. So I always treated them with respect. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the eighties or the nineties, people didn't do that as much. That's not my experience. So my relationship with my employees is 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 the same as it ever was in my own business. Interesting. Um, yeah, interesting. So there's a lot of like might be a bit of smoke out, smoke and mirrors out there that things are changing and um, with the way that. I don't think so. Look, I, 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 it's still hard to get the right person, isn't it? I mean, that as an employer, you know, you know, if you have to, if you spend two months finding somebody and then three months waiting to come, and and they're not the right person, you've you've let you've lost five or six months. Uh, so you've got to get the right person in the first place. I, I probably, you know, if I went back to my firm with all these biometric testing and everything else, I probably wouldn't get a job with my old firm. Um, you know, the, the the way we used to take on employees in my old firm was you, you you felt it within the first few minutes, whether that person was going to be right for you. It's probably completely the wrong way to take any employees on, but that's the way we used to do it. And that's the only way I know how to do it. If it, if it feels right, you know, if they come over, they're probably the right person. Yeah. Not very scientific, Luke. But do you know what? Like, put it on the head, though. If you, it helps if you get the get, get the right person. Employment helps, you know, if you've got the right people on the bus. If you've got the wrong people on the bus, employment, it's going to be tough being an employer, right? I know it's certainly the first employee of a startup is probably the most important position I'll ever do because if they get that wrong, everything goes, everything goes AWOL, everything goes um, AWOL. Yeah. yeah, and I would say you said it, it wasn't that scientific. Um, I think that what you've what you are looking for is not necessarily skills, but more values fit. And I think that's what you've probably learned over the past, you know, experience is that we, just because they look like good on paper doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the right fit for your organization, culture wise and values wise. Absolutely right. And, you know, and particularly in conveyancing, you get some great conveyances, some great technicians who you wouldn't let loose on a customer because they don't have those client care skills. 
So it's it's hard to get a conveyancer that's got the technical skills and got those customer care. What I was looking for was somebody who had great customer care skills, but also a knowledge of an understanding of the industry. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fortunate, and and it's all working out well. I'm pleased to say. Wonderful. So just starting to wrap up. Where do you see um, you convey in five years' time? Well, I'd like to see it uh, grow um, 10 times the figure that it is at the moment. Uh, that's what my investors would like to see as well. So um, I'd like us to, I'd like us to be, uh, I mean, it's a big market. You know, there's, there's two, up to 2 million potential customers a year in the industry. There's a lot to go for. You know, um, the biggest conveyancer in the country is at about 5 or 6%. So it's a very, very, very fragmented market. Um, so even if we, I'd like, I'd like to be, I'd like to be a a a a, a, a significant conveyancer in in the industry within five years, and I'd like to have, um, you know, a team of maybe five, you know, home and move advisors that were out there, you know, dealing with customers, uh, some admin stuff. And I'd like to take more of a back seat myself, but deal with the strategic stuff, you know, um, and, and be able to see how the company grows. That's the way I'd like to see it. Wonderful. Okay, so how can people get in touch with you then, Eddie, if they want to reach out to you? Or... Website, you convey. Website, you convey. Happy to talk to anybody, though. Customers, introducers, estate agents, bring them on. Bring them on. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks, Eddie. It's been great to speak to you. Um, speak to you soon.